Hey, everybody, it's Matt. Our Growing Greater podcast showcases inspiring stories of innovators, business successes, and transformational projects. And it's made possible thanks to the team at Kreischer Miller. They are a leading independent accounting, tax, and advisory firm serving Greater Philadelphia and the Lehigh Valley. The professionals of Kreischer Miller are driven by their mission to serve their clients, their colleagues, and their communities with passion and integrity and dedication. And they have built a firm that is uniquely responsive to the needs of business leaders, helping them to smoothly transition through growth phases, business cycles, and ownership changes. Kreischer Miller's clients, they quickly adapt and respond to changing market opportunities and challenges. And those characteristics, well, they drive Kreischer Miller's focus on being responsive and decisive and forward-thinking. Learn more at kmco.com. That's kmco.com. And join me in thanking Kreischer Miller for their support of our podcast. This is Growing Greater. Stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11 county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabriel. Glossophobia, also known as fear of public speaking. It's a common phobia, more common than most of us may realize. And its symptoms, they range from a slight nervousness at the very thought of public speaking to a full-on panic and fear that could be paralyzing. This week on Growing Greater, we learn about three entrepreneurs who have created an innovative mobile application that helps people become more effective and confident public speakers. The app, it's known as Ori. And using artificial intelligence technology, it provides interactive lessons to help users improve their public speaking skills. The team created a fun, practical tool to help people understand their use of filler words, their speech pacing, their level of conciseness, and even their energy level when speaking in front of an audience. We were joined in our studios in the Old City neighborhood of Philadelphia by co-founder Assam Sani and by his co-founder, Paratosh Gupta. He goes by Tosh. And he joined our conversation from his hometown in central India. Paratosh and Assam and their third co-founder, Dinesh Damani, they met in Philadelphia while attending Drexel University. And they created Ori out of their Drexel classroom and dorm rooms. Here, Assam helps us to understand just what this novel tool actually does. The easiest way to describe this is by illustrating an example, and that is, have you ever started sweating in the middle of a conversation? Have you ever had to go on stage, give a presentation? I'm sure most of you have. Usually I'm talking to professionals. Sure. You know, business professionals. And Well, so have I. And that anxiety, that inability to express yourself holds you back. The only solution out there is to, you know, maybe hire a speech coach, read a book, do something. There's nothing that's personal. There's nothing that's going to give you instant feedback. There's nothing that is on your phone, maybe. And that's exactly why we built Ori, because we realized that we can use AI to help people become better communicators Mm -hmm. and be more confident and excel in their careers and in their personal professional life overall. So that's Ori and the gist of it. We help you become more confident communicators. More confident communicators. And I love that. And I want to drill down on something you referenced just for the average listener, AI, artificial intelligence. So you and your co-founders decided to come up with this app 
that utilizes artificial intelligence as a tool to help people communicate better. Is that fair? That's fair. And Tosh, I want to turn to you and ask a little bit more about how you and Awesome and your third co-founder, who we have not yet mentioned, ultimately came together. And your lives intersected, frankly, if I understand it correctly, right here in greater Philadelphia. And Tosh, I was hoping you could expand on that a little bit more about how you and Awesome and Dinesh actually met and talk with us a little bit about the Nesh as well. So Donish and I, we were on the same floor in our freshman dorm. We were a part of this community in college called the engineering learning community. And we would always see each other at different events or different interesting things that were happening in college. And in my second year, he was just hanging out in my room and we decided to room together so that we could work on some interesting ideas or do some, as we call it, like just do some cool stuff. We didn't know what it would lead to or what we would get out of it, but we just thought we were both interesting individuals with interesting habits and we could learn from each other a lot. So we did that and... Uh, Something we started doing is applying to competitions, just business plan competitions or business case competitions, which were maybe not even related to Arai, but just to learn and just to see how we would do. And we actually won one of them, and that was we won like $5,000 at that event. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, that that must have been exciting. Yeah. Yeah. As a college student in my third year, that was great. I was over the moon. And... I remember at the hackathon, which is organized by UPenn, it's called PenApps. And we were at that event at 1 a.m. in the night, me, Danish, and we just met with two other people. One was a high schooler from New Jersey and the other one was from Texas. And we had this idea at 1 a.m. in the night to build this application, which would help people get better at public speaking. So within like 48 hours, we made our first prototype and then we demoed that at that event so that's kind of like the very first story of how Danish and I met together and we started building something. And fast forwarding that to a year where we were still working on it is when we met with Awesome. So I just want to step back for a moment and appreciate mm-hmm. the kind of nuance of this because it's a very subtle colliding of your worlds, if you will. Because Tosh, is it fair to say you're native to central India? Correct. And Danish is native to Tanzania? Yes. Yeah. Largely. And you both find yourselves sitting in a dorm room at Drexel University in the University City neighborhood of Philadelphia. Is that right? That's correct. But you never knew each other until this kind of chance encounter that he got placed on the same dorm floor as you got placed and you started kind of connecting a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I refer to, frankly, as a milestone moment in your lives that in the moment you may not recognize it as that. But certainly now when you reflect back three years or so later, four years or so later, it's like, wow, just imagine if we have never met, we probably wouldn't necessarily be on the paths that we're currently on right now with Ori. I couldn't put it better. (laughs) So I love the name. And Tosh, I was hoping you could actually provide a little bit more insight, a little bit more background on the name Ori, because it does mean something. And you guys clearly had to have thought of this carefully to choose it as the name of your company. And I was hoping you could expand a little bit on that. For sure. I think 
when you're a new startup, for some reason you think the name of the startup as the biggest problem that you'll ever face. Because I just remember so many nights pulling my hair, just thinking, what are we going to name this thing? What are we going to name this thing? So initially, when we started the company, we called ourselves Horatio, which was, I think, derived from Horatio, which is from one of Shakespeare's play. And Horatio was a very good orator. So that was a very long-winded name that we had early on. And then later on, we realized, okay, what are the two components that form our company? The first part was orator, that we want people to be better orators. And the second was that, hey, we're building some artificial intelligence to help people become better communicators and give them feedback. So we took the first part from orator, which is OR, and the first part from AI, artificial intelligence. So OR, AI, that formed ORI. Nice. And you mashed these words together to create kind of a new word that is the name of your company. It really makes sense. And I was hoping you could spend a moment, and Tosh, I'll start with you on this question, and then we'll bounce over to Awesome. How do you describe what Ori actually does? How does it work? So Ori listens to your speech. So the moment you download our app and hit the record button and you start speaking, maybe it's a pitch that you're giving or maybe you're practicing for a race that you want from your boss. So you're just hitting the record button and practicing. And as you speak, we're analyzing your speech in real time. We look for things like, um, uh, you know, so your pauses, are you speaking continuously without pausing? Your energy variation, are you speaking such that you'll make everyone fall asleep, like in a dull, boring monotone? Are you speaking with good energy? And then we look for other aspects like pacing. Are you speaking really, really fast or are you slowing down to add emphasis to your speech? And those are the core components that form Rai. And whenever you hit the stop button, we analyze all those things in your speech and give you that feedback inside your application. I had a personal pain point, which was public speaking. I just could not do it. And I don't just mean speaking on a stage. I remember my first job interview. I just could not communicate my ideas. I felt held back and limited because of my communication skills. So during college, I decided I'm going to go on a journey of improving my skills. I did online courses and I became better. And I realized that this is a learnable skill. That's Dinesh Damani. And here in this YouTube video, we learn how his journey to become a better communicator led him to creating Ori. From struggling with his own insecurity of public speaking, Dinesh found that he was not alone. He realized there was a need for this type of service and a market for it too. And oftentimes in entrepreneurism, one of the biggest hurdles, it's finding a problem that actually needs to be solved. We'll be back with more of our conversation with Tosh and Assam, and let's take a moment now to thank the team at CBRE, who, just like the talented professionals at Ori, they also help their clients by providing creative solutions. One of the leading full-service real estate and investment services firms in the region, the country, and the world, the professionals of CBRE offer a broad range of integrated real estate services, things like strategic consulting, property sales and leasing, property management, mortgage services, investment management, appraisal and valuation, and so much more. For the professionals of CBRE, it's all about building long-term relationships by connecting the right people, the right capital, with the right opportunities. And they do it all while maintaining a laser-sharp focus on creating winning outcomes for their clients, their employees, and their shareholders. You can learn more at cbre.us. That's cbre. US and join me in thanking CBRE for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. 
Now let's get back to our conversation with Assam and Paratosh. So, Tosh, take us back to that conversation that you had with Dinesh around that early thinking of, hey, I have an idea. And your reaction to the idea or Dinesh's reaction to the idea and what you did next to actually go from concept to starting to build it into a real platform. So the very first idea of our application was actually in virtual reality. So I had been working at a local Philadelphia firm called Allen & Charitson. That's where I was doing my internship and I'd learned a lot of virtual reality development there. So what we did is we made a stage in virtual reality. So you would use like a headset and you'd have a stage in front of you and you would practice in front of that stage and the app would record you. So that was the very first version of the application. And that was in 2016. But even if you look at 2019, virtual reality is still not that ubiquitous. So we kind of smartly, I think in hindsight, decided to not pursue VR and just made an application that anyone can use on their own phones and not need expensive headsets because that would kill the accessibility of our idea. Yeah, gotcha. I want to come back to you with another question in a moment about how you felt when you won that $2,500 through the Campus Philly Business Plan Competition and then the $25,000 through the Drexel Competition and then the $15,000 through the University of Pittsburgh Competition. But before I ask you that question, I'm asking you that so you can think about it a little bit. I want to turn to Awesome for a minute and ask that moment that you and the team kind of felt like you were where you needed to be to take this to a commercial level. So you must have spent some time developing some of the machine learning components of this and some of the technical aspects of it. And then you ultimately got to a place where you're ready. And I was hoping you could expand on that moment of we're ready. There was a point for the first iteration of the product thought that we needed to be quote unquote ready to sell. And I think the first time we thought we were ready to sell was about two years ago. We had developed some initial version of our enterprise offering and were aiming towards sales teams. We went out there, Danish went out there. He was leading the sales teams. He still leads the sales team at this point of time and started talking to people. Mm-hmm. Just started talking to people. And we realized that your product is never going to be perfect. There was a point where we thought we had some base technology. We had some product. Mm-hmm. We had something to sell. This was about two years ago. However, that paradigm has shifted around as we've gone through multiple iterations. Obviously, the core technology has been something that has been developed over time as well. But let's say, you know, your pace, your energy, those things existed right up front. We've realized that you have to go ahead and sometimes sell your first few customers before you figure out the whole product. Right. And that's where we kind of lie right now. And we've got a product, but this is not the whole product. This is never going to be the product. Right. We've got leaps and bounds to go. So I can't tell you that there's a moment But there is definitely a point where you make the active decision to go and start searching people. For us, it was just a matter of how fast can we get to that point. Gotcha. And I think that's a really important distinction. You're market ready and you're out there and you're selling and you have customers. But to your point, it's an evolution. And ORI is going to evolve from what it is today into something even better tomorrow and then better the next day and then yet again better with a new iteration, if you will, of the concept and of the software and the technology that's available to make it even better. Is that reasonable? 
Yeah. So, Tosh, I want to turn to you and I want to ask, take me back to that moment in 2017 that you and the team are investing time and resources into this crazy idea of creating an app that's intended to help people become better orators. And you enter this competition called the Campus Philly Business Plan Competition. How nervous were you? And how did that whole plan and that competition for you go? I would say, for sure, I was nervous. I still remember having a gaff while presenting and forgetting what I was supposed to speak. Right. And then instantly switching to some different slide so that I could just move on. So yeah, incredibly nervous. And I think that entire process of pitching in front of people, and then that's where I feel like the Philadelphia community started like really helping us. And we started getting that feedback from people because there were so many people from different fields who are people working at high positions who came to us and started giving us feedback on, hey, this is what you should do. This is how you should contact. Hey, this is a problem and I really associate with it. So we started getting that first initial positive feedback and that really helped us understand that, hey, this is a real problem and we should work forward towards fixing it. If you really hadn't gotten that early boost or early feedback, I don't know where we would have been. We would have probably dropped the idea as one of, hey, it's a cool thing we thought about at one time and not really done anything with it. So that competition, that feedback, and all the follow-ups that we had from that were our very first steps of taking this forward into becoming something. I think that's a really good distinction you made of how you felt after that first competition and the reaction you were getting from folks. It propelled you to the next competition. So at the Campus Philly Business Plan Competition, you were one of the winners, $2,500. You must have felt awesome, not just because of the $2,500, but the reinforcement from, to your point, the audience that this idea has something to it, right? It's not just this crazy kind of technology thing that isn't going to go anywhere. Now, fast forward later that year in 2017, you enter another competition that Drexel hosts. And how did that go? Similarly, we were very nervous. And I still remember like up until the moment we were supposed to pitch, me and Danish were inside the fire exit, going over the pitch that one last time and going over that last aspect of it. Yep. Just doing it like 50 million times and imagining every possible horror in her head that that could happen. But when you went out on stage, I guess all that practice just kicks in and you just zoned out and we just gave the spiel and we won, which was excellent and very, very helpful. And again, similarly with that, there were so many people from the Philadelphia community and outside as well would come and then we got in touch with them. They gave us a business card. We connected with them, learned so much and still have some of the relationships that we've built back then. And this competition was $25,000, 10 times what you were recognized with in that first competition. So the stakes were a little bit higher, right? And to your point, I love the scene that you described with you and Dinesh kind of rehearsing in the stairwell. It's almost like a scene out of a movie before you go on stage and you nail it and you're firing on all cylinders and you're delivering in the exact way that you want to deliver. And it's got to be exhilarating and, again, propelling you forward to take this to the next level. I was actually there in the audience at that point of time. I wasn't associated with the company, but yeah, that was a good pitch. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, people were talking about them everywhere, and I was like, that kind of like also pushed me to start working with them. I was like, okay, these guys are the people yeah. I want to work with. That's great. It reinforced for you that there's something here, yeah. and you can add value. 
But I also saw them practicing. They kind of walked out right before that. And yeah. I'm like, are these guys quitting or are they practicing? And I saw them practicing. It was just like, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then later, Tosh, and I'm not sure, awesome, if you also traveled across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh. Was that competition actually hosted in Pittsburgh for the University of Pittsburgh competition? So that competition was a couple of months before the Drexel competition. But it was hosted in Johnstown, University of Pittsburgh in Johnstown. Yeah. And we pitched there again got great feedback and we actually won the first prize which is fifteen thousand dollars and if you can see like that kind of became a trend for us we first won this competition two thousand dollars we also went to before that to a place near the ohio pennsylvania border we pitched there won five thousand dollars pitched the pittsburgh thing won fifteen thousand pitched the drexel thing won again $25,000. And even in the next year, we continued pitching to these competitions because that allowed us to get the seed money we needed to actually fund this idea. So all told, we went through, I would say like 25 to 30 competitions and we won a total of $80,000 across all these competitions. And that really, really helped us get seed funding. That's fantastic. $80,000 to reinforce your concept from a basic idea into implementation. And I will tell you what I love about the story that both Awesome and Tosh are telling is this recognition of a commitment and a passion. Tosh saw it in Awesome when he was staying after midnight in the office working on the project and offering some ideas and Tosh saw that and said, you know, there's something to this guy, Awesome, who is adding value to what we're trying to do. And and he needs to become part of our co-founder team as we're building this company from concept to reality, a company called ORI, which stands for Oral Artificial Intelligence, and it helps people enhance their public speaking skills. So my question that I'll give to both of you and awesome, I want to start with you and then Tosh, I'll turn to you for a similar response. Where will ORI be in the next three years, in the next five years? An easy answer to that is wherever our customers want ORI to be in the next three years to the next five years. But somewhere along a more nuanced lines would say that we want to be able to help people in different professions, different very specific professions, communicate much, much better. And we aim to dive into specific professions because public speaking is big. It's huge. But you can't build a generic solution for everything. Each customer has their own unique needs and you need to address the needs well. Otherwise, you're not going to build a good company. And we're in the business of building good companies. That's our goal. That's great. Tosh, anything you want to add to that? Where will ORI be in the next three years, the next five years? That's, I feel like, one of the hardest questions to answer sometimes because we are sometimes so focused on the now and the next two, three months that we kind of forget about the end goal. But as we define in our mission, we want to help everyone anywhere across the world become a better communicator. And we want to go about that with a very customer-driven process. So maybe in an ideal future, we'd be on everyone's phone before they have any pitch or before they have any presentation. They'd be practicing on ORI to make sure they're all good to go and then giving that pitch or then giving that customer call. That's where I hope ORI should be in the next three to five years. So this is a wrap-up question for each of you guys, and it has a couple of different parts to it, but it's about advice. So, Tosh, I want to start with you around how do you talk about Greater Philadelphia to your friends and colleagues and family in Central India today? And what advice do you give to them about choosing 
to come to the U.S. and choosing to come to Philadelphia specifically. And that's part one. And then the other part of this advice is, what do you tell a young person who's thinking about embarking on a startup kind of entrepreneurial type of path? What advice do you give to somebody in that situation? So I actually got asked this question yesterday. One of my dad's friends, his daughter, actually got into UPenn and was asking me, hey, should I go? And is this a good place? And she was comparing it with a couple of other schools as well. And I was like, you don't need to think twice about that decision. This, this will be one of the best decisions that you'll ever make because just the collaboration between all the schools that you have, the amazing facilities that I got to experience as a student, for me, I really can't see that happening anywhere except in Philly. So for me, that was one of the best things about it. And then you have amazing organizations like Ben Franklin, which helps fund companies and they organize so many good events. The numerous amounts of meetups that happen inside that you can plug yourself into and learn a lot about sales, learn a lot about UX design, as I did. That's just unparalleled in my opinion. And as in terms of advice for future entrepreneurs, I would say starting a new company is not like a very sexy thing to do. It's not something you should do to feel good about yourself. It's incredibly hard. And having good ideas is great, but if you want to make something successful, you need to get out there, get feedback on your ideas and be ready to, it's a phrase that we use in the startup world, it's called kill your babies. If you have a good idea, you need to be able to throw it away and listen to what people are saying and then change. Because if you can't change, then you will not be able to succeed. That's good advice. Awesome. Same questions for you. So starting off with why Philadelphia, I'd say a few of the reasons Paratha already covered. The community is huge. The startup community in general is close-knit. You can talk to anybody. They're very open. They will help you. They'll support you. They'll advise you. PSL is amazing. Philly startup leaders. Yes. Yeah. And so are all the corporate resources around. We were part of Comcast Lyft Labs, and we still work out of there currently. And that program uplifted us so much mm. and that's because of the philadelphia community we got in we were a philly company there Drexel university the entrepreneurship program for me personally has been life-changing because i did not imagine that i could ever think of myself as an entrepreneur or a leader or anything there's so many small and big things about the city the fact that you can walk across the city, the fact that housing is like relatively affordable for a university student compared to somebody maybe in the middle of New York studying in, in university, and the fact that it's still got all the amenities that you want in a big city, but still a small city. We had a choice of moving out of here, maybe going to the valley mm -hmm. as a company as well. And we realized that the lifestyle here for us, for our company, for the people who are here is much better. And that's really the core part of Philadelphia that attracts me and I really want to stick around here for a while. In terms of advice, I'm going to go off the same thing that Parto said, but slightly different phrasing. Many entrepreneurs start off with thinking about, oh, how will I make this? Oh, how will I do this? How will I counter the technological challenge? Forget about that. There are thousands of people who will help you overcome the technological challenge. Start considering what you are willing to do to understand a problem, understand an industry, understand a persona. Start considering how close you are to these people. Have you worked with the job? Have you talked to the people in the industry? 
do you know this are you willing to spend nights and nights just doing crazy research and then going out there and talking to people and figuring that out instead of worrying about what to build find a problem before building a solution because we fell into that trap at some point and i don't want anybody else to fall into that trap it is extremely important to understand your customer and they are your company at the end of the day not the other way around As the artificial intelligence tool that is Ori continues to be embraced by people from all walks of life who are seeking to improve their public speaking skills, we here at Growing Greater will be listening. And if you liked listening to this podcast, please be sure to rate it and review it and share it with friends and colleagues and family and through social media too. And be sure to check out other episodes of Growing Greater at radio.com wherever you listen to your podcasts or at selectgreater.com. phl.com slash podcast. Hey, as we wrap up this episode, we want you to know that it was made possible by the team at Coral Homes. Coral Homes is a boutique hotel experience like none other, providing customized services and thoughtfully designed travel accommodations. At Coral Homes, their guests experience designer living, high quality comfort, state-of-the-art technology, and 24-7 top shelf amenities. For authentic and extra special accommodations, make your next stay in Philadelphia at Coral Homes. For a night, a week, a month, or longer, it's Coral Homes. Learn more at mycoralhome.com. That's mycoralhome.com. And join me in thanking Coral Homes for their support of our podcast. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. And it helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses, jobs, and talent to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazan and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. To learn more about establishing, expanding, and growing your business or career in Greater Philadelphia, come visit us at selectgreaterphl.com.